All right, guys. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Black Dogs Matter podcast. As of late, you've seen us do a lot of From the Dogs Mouth. But, of course, you know, we normally have regular podcasts, and we want to get back to giving the people what they want. And I'm not stealing it from the Jalen Rose podcast, but I know people want to hear, hear our perspective. Uh, so I try not to steal, but I think it is what we're doing. We're giving people what they want. And it's a few hot topics that we need to discuss. Um, KT's left, so it seems like it's in some ways long overdue. So we're just going to kind of touch on that. And then there was an interesting debate someone brought up. They talked about whether or not Lane Kiffin or Mike Leach would dominate the state of Mississippi. With two coaches that are such polarizing figures, You, it is kind of an interesting topic just to discuss. Of course, we're Bulldogs. So of course, we want to ride with our coach. But does that person make a valid argument about what Lane Kiffin brings to the table and who would truly own the state of Mississippi? Then we'll get to the Bulldogs in the draft. Who get drafted right now? We're projected to have about five guys get drafted at least. And then um, after that, we'll get to our all-time three-on-three for basketball. We've broken it down into brackets, and we're going to have a round each week. Like this week, we're going to have the first round with eight teams. Then next week is going to be four teams. And then the week after that, we'll, uh, it'll be our final bracket about who will win the all-time top. And all-time. I'll forgive me for leaving off some stars, you know. So I'll do better next time. I've been getting fussed <laughs> at all day. And, and, so I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And, and we'll be taking feedback from fans when it comes to who should be who should win these all-time matchups. So after we decide, we, we can post it on in our group, and then you'll be telling us, giving us your opinions, and we can use that and whether or not determine who goes to the next round in our all-time three-on-three. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, introduce all the guys. I, mean, I don't do all this, the typical pleasantries that AJ does. <laughs> so I guess we can go to our senior member of the podcast oh. today, which will be Yes, Gabe. it's Gabe, Gabe this week. So, yes, Gabe, I'm young. So, Gabe, <laughs> Gabe, I want to ask, how's work been since, you know, you're now essential again? Senior member of the cast stuff. Thank Man, you. Man, I'm not going back to work. So work is wonderful for me because I'm not there. And I'm not risking my life to go back right now, regardless of what the governor says. I've expressed as much publicly in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and uh, the people can go and read that article that came out yesterday. So it's oh, you good for me. You wrote an article for the, the newspaper on that? I, I got a call from one of the journalists that interviewed. He wanted to interview me. So... My quotes are in there in bold print. If the governor wants to cut hair, he can come get my clippers and go and cut all the hair he wants to cut. <laughs> Tell him to come cut life. my hair because I look crazy. <laughs> I'm sure. Charge um, him triple. Hey, y'all are phase one state, man, so. Right. <laughs> y'all got to get to work. So. All right, so our next senior member of the podcast, Derek Tony, man, how you feeling? Man, I'm good, man. Just ready for the weekend's hump day. Ready for the NFL draft. Watch the first round. Hopefully, we have a bulldog called in the first round. But all we can do is hope. All right, Ricardo, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. So, Ricardo, tell me how you feeling, man. Man, I kind of feel like poo, man. Uh, But at the same time, ready for tomorrow. See who gets drafted. I'm still a little steamed over that over the episode y'all did Saturday uh, with the Zenzo, man. I really wanted to ask that dude a question. I got <laughs> well, a couple questions I wanted to ask him. But, hey, can't cry with spill milk. 
<laughs> He'll Maybe. be back on, so you can ask him then. Yeah. He said he gonna come back. I'm sure we got a couple. We got a couple former Bulldogs. I think would be great guests during the season. So, all right, guys. I know we all got things to do. So let's go ahead and hop into it. All right. So first, the first item of discussion is KT has finally decided to transfer, and I do mean finally again. Yes, he's finally decided to skip out. So, do you think this is a long overdue? And, and kind of a second part of the question. Is it kind of unfortunate we never really probably got a chance to see what KT could do in stretches? I mean, Gary Schrader got a chance to be Gary Schrader for five, six or seven games this season. So is it a shame that we never got a chance to see, you know, what he at least could be? Uh, I'm going to start Ricardo. Uh, this this is like – I don't know, man. I, I feel like the whole – I'm going to let you get it out your system. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I just feel like this whole situation was like totally uncool and unfair when it came to him. It ain't got mm-hmm. nothing to do with black, white, gray, pink, none of it. I just feel like I, I really think, and I this this gonna sound crazy, and I ain't saying this for no hot takes or nothing like this for no clicks of views. Keep busy. <laughs> the, the 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 chickens are gonna come home to roost for us because that that the whole situation with him it was totally wrong. Like everybody else, like the situation with Fitzgerald. When he stunk up the joint for about a good three or four or five games straight, really, his whole duration at Mississippi State, KT wasn't. <laughs> uh, then when the whole situation came last year with Thomas Steve, when he got hurt, Garrett Schrader played like was playing like who? Uh, like, wasn't why didn't you all give him the opportunity to, to get out there and show what he has to do? Like, this guy wasn't uh, the Louisiana State Player of the Year and a five, four or five star recruit for nothing. Like, he could have easily went to LSU, Miami, and other big programs he was recruited by. They just weren't recruiting pansies. So, this is going to – like, if that man goes somewhere this year, which is going to happen, he's going to go play at some D1 school. Not a a sweat school or nothing like that. He's going to a D1 school. My school is D1, homie. Watch your mouth. But, you know, no, nothing wrong with the sweat. Let me get that. Let me put that out there. There's nothing wrong with the swag, but at the same time, with his talent, it wouldn't make – you know what? I'm going to take that back. It, it really wouldn't matter if he went to the swag. But I know if he goes there and ball out, people going to – that's within our podcast uh, group, wink, wink, I ain't going to say no names, going to get out here yeah, and put my. it like, okay, that's 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 talent, that's uh, underneath talent. With it, that, you know what I'm saying? I don't really believe that. I believe you can go ball out in the swag, you can ball out in D1, in the SEC, and anywhere else in the uh, D1. But – I really feel like he's going to go out and go ball out, and people are going to be like, well, dang, where was this guy at when he was here at State? But don't say that because y'all never, they never gave him a chance to play. So with that being said, I just feel like I, I hope nothing happens, but this is going to come back to bite us in the ass, my personal opinion. I tend to disagree with that, but uh, Derek, how do you feel about KT finally Man, transferring? you know what? We suffer because I'm definitely agreeing with you. Um, I definitely disagree with Ricardo. Um, kind of take offense to some of the things you said. You know what I'm saying? Because whenever people think of D1, HBCUs are Division One schools, which is FCS. Now, uh, there has been a history of Mississippi State quarterbacks transferring to HBCUs, namely my alma mater, Mississippi Valley State University, at Reese Nelson, and he had a pretty good career at Valley. Now, do I feel that KT is going to go to an HBCU? If he went to an HBCU, it would probably be Grambling. But Grambling is loaded at quarterback right now. 
You know what I'm saying? So I don't see him going there. Southern, they're pretty steep at quarterback right now. They got a guy who's coming back. He's a junior. The uh, the offense is tailor-made for him. So I think KT, well, he's a grad transfer. So if he, he's going to go FBS. Um, and I think – I don't know where he's going to go. If he wants to go home, he has plenty of options in the state of Louisiana if he wants to come home to play, be it FBS or FCS. So we're going to have to sit back and watch. I do feel like as soon as Joe Moorhead got fired, KT should have been gone. I understand he stuck it out to wait to see who the head coach is going to be. But whenever uh, KJ Costello committed, he should have been gone in. What you sitting around waiting for? Even if you go through spring practice, even if he came out of spring practice as number one quarterback, KJ Costello, he's going to compete with him. So it still wasn't going to be your job. So he should have been gone when KJ Costello committed. So he could already know where he's going to be. Even though no school was there to do spring practice, um, he would know where he's going to be, get familiarized with that coach staff, his teammates, the playbook. Because you already know, they give you the playbook when you when you determine where you're going. You get the playbook. So I, I I I I'm sad to see him go. I do agree with Ricardo. We did not get a chance to see what he could do because the young man was very talented, and that happens in major college football. I mean, look at Joe Burrow. You know what I'm saying? With the Ohio State, couldn't get on the field. Get the LSU Heisman Trophy winner. Now I'm not saying KT gonna be a Joe Burrow, but he has. He has the ability to play quarterback in the FBS ranks. All right, Gabe. I'm still – I still don't understand why KT wasn't gone this time last year. Because when Joe Moorhead came in and when the kid transferred from Penn State, it was over for KT. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what were you pay- What were you watching? Like, what, what were you paying attention to that you thought you would have a shot to see the field when this kid transferred from Penn State, where Joe Moorhead was his offensive coordinator for the specific purpose of coming to play in his system? But, but what's even more peculiar to 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 me than that? What was that hat? that Keaton was wearing all year. He was wearing like a blue cap or a yellow cap. What does that mean? Does that mean I haven't transferred, but I need to? Is that is that the cap that he was wearing? Because I don't – I was like, is he injured? What is that cap? What does the yellow cap mean? Or whatever on top of his color. helmet? Talking about on top of his helmet? Yeah, he was wearing like a green hat or something like that all season. And I'm like, is he transferring? Is he not transferring? I don't know. It was weird. But if that cost him another year of eligibility, that's just that's just I don't understand. It, it didn't because he redshirted. He redshirted. Okay. He gonna well, have two years not? left. Okay. Well, good. Why well, didn't he leave last spring? I don't. I well, don't I mean, he may have wanted to graduate from Mississippi State. He, if he was that close to graduating, um, that may be a reason why he stayed. Because here's the thing: what bothered me the most is as we struggled at quarterback. Why not give KT a shot? The same crap that happened when Nick Fitzgerald was struggling the year before last. Why not give KT a shot? I mean, I just, I just, I just don't feel like Moorhead had any confidence in KT to run his system. And sometimes, sometimes coaches make mistakes. You know what I'm saying? 
you may feel like a kid can't run your system. He can't be successful in your system. But you got to put him in the fire. Uh, you know, you had two quarterbacks, one injury injury prone, one young, and you had this one guy there who's had success. You know what I'm saying? You put him – a coach puts a player in a position to where they can be successful. You run things for that player that suits him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it looks like to me that, you know, Moorhead had a little damn mother in him when it came to quarterback play. You know, uh, putting a quarterback in a position where, you know – He's not talented enough, and and we know Dan Mullen did that, but Joe Moorhead was unwilling to put KT in that position. You know what I'm saying? As far as hey, I'm gonna run my system. I don't think you run my system, and he was unwilling to, ch- to put KT in a position where he could run things that was comfortable for him. I mean, as we struggled, the young man could have helped. He could have done something if he was helping to run routes. He was helping to I take just- a snap from quarterback. He, I think he's the best quarterback we've ever had that never saw the field. Yes, I, I, I respect this thing. Never saw the field. <laughs> he never, I, I, he, when, I, when, when we had um, Fitz, KT would play three plays a game. How, how can you know what a kid can do playing three, four Wildcat plays a game? I, I, it just, I, I'll say this in regard to the KT thing. Um, and I guess it's almost like it's in some ways I'm almost glad because we finally can put it to bed, even though I kind of agree with your statement. He may be the most talented quarterback that we never got a chance to see the field, especially considering when as a four-star quarterback come to Mississippi State and not not just play, right. but start two. <laughs> Jaden Payton with the four-star two. Yeah. Oh, he gone too? He I doubt it. Gonna, he ain't gone yet, but he ain't gone. Nah. I think if he I think, any sense, he'd be gone. Well, based yeah, on what no, no, well, so based on what I'm hearing though is or what you see is I know like I, I think I was looking on one of the message board posts of one of the guys, whether Steve or Paul, they posted when a fan asked about you know who's going to be the number two or how to you know the totem pole is going to line up at the KJ uh, Costello, and they were stating that it was going to either be Jalen Maiden or Schrader, and Schrader's probably going to redshirt so. I think even though it's early on, um, even when Leach first came, I think, and this I'm gonna get back to KT, but Jalen Maiden fits that system. He's highly accurate. He don't care about the size of the quarterback. He got a decent arm. I think he's a good fit. I think this change helps Jalen Maiden. I think he got burned on Moorhead because of the whole Tudor gate. Everybody keeps skipping over that. I think that had a lot to do with why he wasn't higher on the totem pole. Now back to KT. Um, he is probably the most talented guy that we ever had that didn't seek to feel significant playing time. I feel like he had some moments. I do feel like he didn't take the reins like he wanted to. But also with KT, I wonder what type of advice he's been getting. Because really after Mullen left, he probably should have left. And then after he, you know, had a solid bowl game, okay bowl game, and then you come into the next year and then you had – Truth be told, I felt like I felt like that year, the team looked the most explosive in that first game. They looked the most explosive in that first game with KT, and the fact that he, the fact that he never got a shot, you know, to supplant Fitzgerald, even though he was we were struggling the way that we were, I kind of wonder about that. The fact that you keep sticking it out when it's obvious you're not going to get a shot, like I don't. I just wonder about the advice he, he was getting. He really should have just left out the last season and let the chips fall where they make. Red shirted the next year, so on and so forth. So I kind of, I'm kind of just glad this is over with me. And maybe I'll keep up with the kid 
And I want to see what he does going forward. Now, if he ends up not being that good of a player, kind of similar to Elijah Staley, all right, cool. I see what the coach was saying. Oh, my God. But if he goes somewhere, <laughs> he, hey. Elijah Staley. He's better than Elijah Staley. And I'm a Elijah Staley fan, man. But, boy, he did not do well at Morgan State. Then he went somewhere else and up. Yeah. He don't left put, Morgan don't, don't State. Curse, don't put that curse on KT. No, I'm just saying. Like, I, I'm, I'm still on this solid word. I'm still on this solid bowl game. You really <laughs> underplaying him, bro. He <laughs> played a Heisman Trophy winner, man. That, that is so overstated. Um, oh, my God. Really? Yes. The same Lamar Jackson that led his team to the playoff this year pretty much won MVP last year. I think KT, I played him in a bowl game. You forget. He played That's against Louisville. Kyle. That's college. It's pro, man. You know? You forget you know, this. This ooh, is behooved. You keep saying He's this. Game, he was kind of not that accurate, and he got to play against Louisville defense led by that defensive coordinator who will not name, who was our coordinator. Who far was that was? But you forget hey, Lamar. He had, a, he had a better running game than passing game against Louisville. Lamar ran, Jackson went against our, touchdowns, right? You forget that Lamar Jackson went against. Our defense, the number one, the top. You think for two years in a row, our defense could have considered one of the top five defenses in America, number one that next year. So he was facing one of the best. We made two of Tyler Lowell, who's projected potential. What is this guy doing? A top three. Get off your video, bro. Are you are you exercise, bro? You doing P ninety X? Why you? What's going on there? Now you want to get his ass off video? Grab, grab, grab your bike. Man, you said Elijah Staley, and my whole. <laughs> My whole move just changed. Like, and I'm and I'm a Elijah Staley <laughs> fan, man. But that, man, like, bro. that was that was mad disrespect. Elijah Staley is gonna have an episode. I mean, of is it? Come I mean, on, man. Right, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I followed him when he went to Mississippi. When he went to uh, Morgan State, I was like, yeah, he gonna light it up. Man, <laughs> he ain't nothing that... up at Morgan State. Like, and if he hears this, who's man, the guy that played baseball and football too, man? Huh? Yeah, remember he was on the football team and he played baseball. Oh, he was a quarterback. Man. It was a few years back. I want to say this ran around the time Mullen was there. Like the, it was a couple years before he left, and he transferred too. Oh, you talking no about idea. Tiano? He didn't play baseball. Now he oh. went to. Um, I like Tiano. Tiano Chattanooga, right. and he did all right. He did all right mm-hmm. at UT Chattanooga. Yeah, yeah so then they go to a bowl game or something. Oh, well, you teach how to move with FCS. I thought they went to – Man, Elijah Staley Just played, sip on your blue 44 drink, homie. Hey, hey, all, right. <laughs> all, right. all right, we're kind of going off into some tangents now, so let's kind of go and just move uh-huh. forward. Let's hope that, you know, this KT thing is put to bed. I hope we don't have to have a conversation of six months from now where KT is lit it up at – I think he probably – he should end up at HBCU. I think that just makes sense. Go somewhere where you know he's going to play. Just get on the field. Like, don't go nowhere where you got to battle out nobody or do none of that mess. Go somewhere you're going to got an ironclad chance Can I, to play. I throw a name out there, Jeremiah? Oh, yeah. Uh, Raging Cajuns. No, no. Just because no, he a... goes to an HBCU, that don't mean he going to win. If he go to, to UofL, he is not going to start. He, the quarterback there uh, has is a two-year starter, and he is entrenched as a starter. He is not going to put that man on the bench. More to okay. I'm going to throw a dark horse out there, guys. And don't be surprised if this happens. Don't surprise to see that uh, man at LSU, man. 
No. No. I knew I knew right. it was about to come. Right, let's no, 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 no. Let's move on. No, let's no. move on. Um, let's move on. On that note, we gotta move on. I agree with you. Uh, on that. <laughs> Definitely. Let's move on. That ain't gonna happen. All right. Leech or Kiffin. I know we're bulldogs. Um, a, a radio host or a guy a podcast, he posted a topic about which guy would dominate the state of Mississippi. He has some valid points on both sides. So I'm going to post it, and I thought it'd be a good topic for us to discuss. Even though, you know, we're Bulldogs and we want to say it's going to be Leech because Leech is this, this, and this. Like, this gets one's perspective. Do you think it'll be Leech or Kiffin that's going to dominate the state of Mississippi for the next, at least we know, three years? I've said that I don't know if Leech act may wear thin, but uh, who, who do you think is going to dominate the state of Mississippi? I'm going to go to Gabe first. You, you mean in terms of head-to-head, us versus Ole Miss, or what? Just in a general oh, sense, recruiting? who's going to dominate the state? I mean, I think this Leech. is more of a general question. Who's going to end up being, like, the coach in Mississippi? I think for the time when Dan Mullen was at Mississippi State, it was our state. You know, I do feel like people looked at him as the coach in Mississippi. Even though we had Hugh Freeze, made a little noise. It, obviously, it ended up unfortunate, <laughs> a, a very unfortunate situation that happened with him. But uh, who do you think is going to and why? Leach is going to dominate the state in a good way and a bad way. Okay. He's going to be he's going to beat Lane Kiffin head to head like a rag doll. I don't doubt that at all. And he's probably going to out recruit him in a certain, I guess, in certain instances. But he's also going to continue to put his foot in his mouth <laughs> and to the point that people are going to be pissed at him constantly. So if he don't win, it's going to be a hell of a problem. Because at this point, I'm still a Mississippi State fan, but not a Leach fan. I'm just I'm just gonna have to cheer for the team to win. Go dogs. And I don't know who is coaching you, but go dogs. But yeah, I mean Lane Kiffin has not done Jack as a head coach. Just be honest. He's popular name wise. He's had some high profile jobs, but he hasn't done Jack. He hasn't done Jack as a head coach. Leach has proven he's gonna beat Kiffin like a rag doll. Head to head, and so yeah, leech. And then he's gonna say something stupid and piss everybody off. And I think it's just gonna be that way until he eventually, you know, leaves or retires or whatever is next. He's a little up there in age. All right, Derek. What do you? How do you think it's gonna turn out for both of those coaches? Well, um, from his own mouth, Coach Leach told me he is not getting back on Twitter. Uh, for a while. Now, don't press in. Don't press in. <laughs> That's what he told me. Uh, but, you know, I, it, it, that, Coach Leach's mouth does get him in trouble, but he always has won. Now, I'm going to have to debate you on Lane Kiffin. While I am not a fan of Lane Kiffin, uh, the, the man has a 61 and 34 overall record in college. Yes, he. You know, bombed out at Tennessee. He was doing well at USC. But he built Florida Atlanta into a respectable program in the right. uh, group of five. Florida Atlantic. So, yeah, From Florida USC Atlantic. I said Florida group Atlanta. of five. Group of five. Uh, as far as recruiting, um, Ole Miss has been, has been cleaning up. They have signed their second uh, four-star wide receiver uh, this month. Uh, we uh, – well, I'm not signed. Committed. Uh, we have a no-star defender uh, committed for this month. So if you look at right now, this month, Ole Miss is winning, you know, as far as the recruitment battles. But I'm a Bulldog fan. 
I will never pick Ole Miss over Mississippi State. I don't <laughs> give a darn if we're on 11. And they're 11 and no. I'm picking our Bulldogs to win that game. I want Lane Kiffin to fall on his face. So You I'm know thinking, what, though? What's that? The first thing Lane, the first thing Leach did when he got here was load up on quarterback. He did. I'm. I'm he I ain't got no Forty years, Mississippi State. Where is our quarterback? We so ain't got forty years. I'm saying that, dude. If you got a quarterback, wideouts will follow you. If you got a quarterback, I, I you got a shot. No quarterback, no shot. Well, you it's will look. That simple. You will look at our most successful time when it comes to throwing the ball in the last – well, the only time we really successful throwing the ball was during Dak Prescott's last two years. And, you know, more of that – his junior year, he was kind of a true dual threat. But then that last year he threw the ball a lot, we had Deronia Wilson. We had Fred Ross. We had um, – what's the other kid that went? Fred Brown. So, we had three solid guys. And I think we did Joe Morrow was in that group. So, we had a solid Jamie Young Lewis. That was a pretty, pretty good group. You know – And I guarantee – yeah. I guarantee you our receivers aren't as bad as they've appeared to be these last few years. I'm going to beg to differ. No quarterback. Watch. I think that's played a part. I think last year the inconsistency at the position kind of – because, I mean, Javante Payton can play. Stephen Gidry is Stephen Gidry. I don't think that had anything to do with quarterbacks. He, he doesn't know how to run a route tree because um, he ran – he got caught the ball in the same three routes. It was either going to be like a quick little fade – it was going to be a crossing route or it's going to be a post. Well, not even a post route because he didn't even run those that strong. So, he, Or some type of little quick little screen or something like that. But he didn't really do that well. when it, He didn't know how to run a route tree. It was him. He didn't get open. But, but, I mean, for the line shot, I think a lot – I think I got like Osiris Mitchell and getting to Coach Leach. But I, I don't want to – I'll say my opinion. Uh, Ricardo, who do you think is going to dominate the state of Mississippi? Leach or Kiffin? If if we had to say head to head, I'm hoping that Bleach does it. But um, I'm still weak. What was that? Man, based off of you know, saying going in and out. Yeah, I'm going. Oh, can can you hear me now? Yeah, we got you. Yeah, we hear you now. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go by mathematics, man. I don't know who just brought it. I think Derek did, but uh, that that record, you know, what I'm saying that win loss, you know, says speaks for itself. And then, even though I know this is a rival of ours, but I, I pay attention to what he did, you know, at Florida Atlantic, and then I pay attention to what he did as a coordinator at Alabama. I know Alabama's Alabama. But when he was a coordinator over there, he, he had uh, Jalen Hurts and Tua looking like pro-style quarterbacks, even though Jalen Hurts was more of a dual threat. Both of those guys were dual threat. And I think long-term, just just for speaking, I know you guys may disagree with this, but I think it may be <sighs> Leach. I, I, I don't know, man, because he with this situation, they're like they were really calling for his head to roll. And mm-hmm. I think I think I think Leach would be probably the more long term bit because um soon as Kiffin have a, a, a good season at Ole Miss, he gone. Where he gonna go? <laughs> Some, somewhere. He'll go they're gonna he'll find somewhere to go. <laughs> you think, he'll go back, be, you think back to USC? Uh, back to USC? Know. 
But that's, been, mean, that's been his stick. That's been his stick, though, Dave. No, no, no. Look, 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 look right, at what he did in Tennessee, bro. No, yeah. no, 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 no. We got really right now. He's coaching in the highest, in the highest, uh, best conference in college football. At uh, Ole Miss, man. Well, you, he's, Ole still Ole Miss, the, he's still in the SEC. Uh, Ohio State's not going to hire him if they leaves. USC's not going to take a chance on him again. What? What? Chip Kelly gets fired. He's going to go to UCLA. Awesome. You know. Um, the depends on how well he does at Ole Miss. I think a lot of that hinges on how well he does it. Uh, Ole Miss, and I, I agree with Ricardo in the sense of I can see Kiffin leaving after a couple of years if he experiences some success, but I don't think it's going to be as immediate as people think. And kind of speaking to this question, I think Leach will do better. I don't look at it, he's going to dominate the state. I just think Leach has better pieces to do something. Leach has never been known for his defense, but our defense is already good. It's been good the last couple of years. And exactly. Then you, then you look offensively, you have KJ Costello. He's done. Leach has done the right things to, to get himself out to the right start. He's kind of brought in some Mississippi guys. He's played ball a little bit, and he's brought in some of his staff, brought in, kept some other people. And I know it's another guy that might be coming soon to be part of the staff that has kind of been talked about. So I know for a fact. So um, I, you got KJ Costello. You got the kid from Vanderbilt. You got Jalen Maiden. I think Schrader will eventually move positions. Got Will Rogers. So you got like a good court, and you got two quarterbacks committed. He's reset his quarterback room. You got really What's good Ray running going? back. Wide out. <clears throat> he won't be starting. back home to Charlotte. He, he won't be starting the quarterback for us. Um uh you got four good running backs. this one I didn't finish my thought. <laughs> I don't mean it'll be like that, but um he has four really good <laughs> running, he has four really good running backs. Um, I, even I was looking at a video earlier of Dylan Johnson. I was very encouraged by that. I'm like, he's really motivated. He's not even one of the guys. They, people talk more about Marks than him. So I, I want to see how he utilizes those running back. He's traditionally – he used them more out the backfield, not as runners. But I think with what we got, he might have to switch his approach up a little bit. And it might honestly make his transition a little easier because we don't have the receivers yet to truly run his system to the level he probably wants it to be with it. But we got really good running backs. So I want to see if he adjusts. Now, he's able to adjust – and just run the ball a little more, still be air raid, but a little like a little less air raid, maybe throw 40 times a game instead of 50 and 60, I think we might be ready to do something. I think he'll get off to a better start. Because I think right now you got to look at our defense line, even though we lost Fabian Lovett. You got to look, we have three sophomores at the D-tackle position. We got some other guys that are very young freshmen um, at that linebacker. And, like we had a lot of young talent on the defensive side of the football that played last year. So he's going to have a young defense that's very talented, has some pieces on offense to work with. I think Javante Payton is going to be the breakout star on the offensive side of the football. He has some pieces, so he's going to get off to a better start, and it's going to enable him to dominate the state of Mississippi. And I think Kiffin, if he gets any type of spark at Ole Miss, he's, as uh, Ricardo said, he's gone. So we need to be the air run yeah. instead of the air raid. The air run is just maybe running a little bit more. You got Kyle yeah. Hill. You got um, Lee Weatherspoon. You got uh, Don't Jaquavis say his Martin. name. Okay. Jaquavius Mark. The Quavis March, you got Dylan Johnson, so and then you got Kareem Walker. I mean, I don't know how you. Oh, why did you do it? No, don't say his name. But Only you two of those guys, guys will about. touch the football. Only Colin Hill and uh and what's the number twenty two? Witherspoon. Only those two will touch the ball this year. Too many passes. They throw it too much. 
Yeah, it wouldn't make sense yeah. to play them, but if some of them young bucks come in ready to ball, I wouldn't mind just going. I, I don't believe in red shirt running backs anyway, but that's like a philosophy of mine. But uh, I don't see the point in it unless they hurt. But that's that's beside the point. That's just a personal philosophy. I just want to see what he going. What what type of food he gonna cook with these groceries, man? Because this is the like best type. Of, this the best food he he never had. I, I agree with that. I think I that's what. Huh? Go ahead. And I was gonna say, I think that's why he came to Mississippi State. I think he saw it was a good. He probably looked at the roster. You know, he probably realized he had to get the quarterback situation more to his liking. But at the same time, there's talent there. You always got you already got running backs. You know, people think he don't care about that, but he knows he's in the SEC. You got some pieces at receiver. You got Osiris Mitchell, who I think will benefit greatly from that. You got guys like Quentin Torboard because I approve it from Knoxville. You got some guys that maybe in Moorhead and Mullen system they weren't stars. But for what Leach does, and we got some really good tight ends who might he might be find a way to utilize, there's some pieces to work with. Now, I'm surprised he don't move Jaron Jones to offense, but that's, that's a side point. Um, and then we got Malik Heath. You know, that's a guy nobody's talking about, but he might end up being a guy that could, you know, um, break out next year as a, his first year on campus. What about but, Caleb Ducking? The wide mm-hmm. out from Oklahoma. I don't, I don't know about him. Um, I don't know about that. We'll see. All right. So, guys, let's get to one of the topics we really want to talk about, our Bulldogs in the draft. So, right now, no Bulldogs are currently projected to go in the first round, even though probably Willie Gates a first-round talent. One of the few Starkville players who actually shows up. Um, wow. <laughs> show, show, up the, show up at the college level. All right. So, right now, projected. I was looking the whole at, show. We were just looking at. Sidebar. <laughs> I was just looking at Mel Kuyper's top 100, and there's five, I think, five Bulldogs in it. You have Willie Gay, Tyree Phillips, who I just seem to forget on the on the show template in our show outline. Tyree Phillips, you got Willie Gay, you got Daryl Williams, you got who's the other guys? Cam Dantzler and Chauncey Rivers projected to potentially get late, maybe seven round. So just talk about some of the Bulldogs in the draft. Just and then we'll get to maybe some guys that may be undrafted if they don't get if they don't get drafted. All right, so I'm gonna go to Gabe first. Talk about some of those Bulldogs in the draft and how Willie Gabe made Starkville High proud for actually being one of those players who did something in college. First and foremost, uh, <laughs> sir, get him. Get him. Players are absolutely balling out. AJ Brown could very well. Very well have been the rookie of the year this year. Very well. No, right. Nobody would have blinked an eye if he had been rookie of the year. You know. Um, so and and but what y'all don't understand is, is about Starkville is after 35 years of domination, we are just now starting to produce NFL caliber talent. That's what y'all don't see coming. That's scary, I mean, man. I'm telling you, what, mark my words, after all these years of quote-unquote dominating, now we're producing this four- and five-star talent that's about to start going to the league. I'm still stuck on and the 35 years of domination part. When did all this happen? Well, six states. Yeah, he, he ain't so, lying, I mean, man. So I've always know. been the main state. When the last time they were trade? We have six gold balls in football. And five when, did, when, when, did, when did that happen, those six championships? It's been happening over the last 35 years. When they they, they started the tournament. No, they started the tournament in 82, 83. We were the first team in it. So so ask me, tell me, how many have they won since 2005? One. 
if I'm not mistaken, so the basically, only one. basically, y'all, y'all, but dude, that's five years, and we've still won one in the last five. But ask me how many times have we been? They had another one like, last couple hey, years. Hey, hey, Gabe, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, let me cut in right quick. I, I'm gonna say this, Jeremiah. If it, uh, and this is not no slack, no diss at, at Starville because I'm from college, just go we but an hour so down the road now. If it weren't for South Panola, bro, they would be it. Oh, right. Yeah, but you can't. South Panola just, you know, they went on an hour. I mean, Maritam dethroned, the, the Maritam dethroned them, so, I mean, Starville should have beat them like Maritam did. Maritam did. Yeah. That's like a one-time scenario. No <laughs> matter. But about, about all those years of domination of South Panola, how many guys produced in the league? One, two. Yeah. It's, 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 say the same for Starville, but. But that's what I'm telling you. Watch. With with AJ Brown, now watch what Willie Gay does. Watch Kobe 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 Brown's going to the league as well. Yeah, Kobe Jones. And Kobe Jones, I mean. And we've got <laughs> many more coming up behind them right now as we speak. Watching the next five years what we do in the NFL. You're gonna be blown away. All right, we who, never who, who, who would you like to stopped. see who would you like to see draft Willie Gay? What do you think is the best fit for him? A team that can put up with a little bit of knuckleheadness. Let's say like a New England. Ooh. The Patriots. Nah, Patriots ain't gonna put up with no knucklehead. He gotta get right if we go to Belichick. He's versatile though. Kansas City. Yeah. He, he yeah. Can ball. With, his, with yeah. his Bulldog yeah. brothers. I like that, go. Ricardo. I there agree with you. There you go. That'll yeah. be a perfect yeah. fit for him. Yeah. With yeah. all them bulldogs, all, right. all them maroon and red and white, there we go. You know, it would be a great scheme for him. Um, I, I'm give everybody this. I think a scheme like a Tampa two scheme. He could be a Tampa two guy because he kind of gives you that versatility. He can get out of coverage. He's aggressive. I mean, most times the linebackers in those schemes are more coverage guys. But one, he can fit in any system, so any team can draft him. But um, him playing for a team that really can, because I think he could play all three. Well, he's probably more of a Will and a Mike, but. I think he could play multiple positions um, at the pro level. So I think any team would be, be glad to have him. But it does have to be a team with a maybe a veteran. He can go sit behind the guy for a year and then learn. All right, so Ricardo, talk about some of our Bulldogs in the draft, man. What do you see some of those guys playing out and being in the league? Well, like I said, we, so we were just talking about Willie Gay. I, I I would love to see him in, uh, in Kansas City because uh, – they got like a nice little young nucleus over there, and Ebrier, hybrid, and athletic. So that'll be that'll be a good Ooh. spot for him. If Kansas um, City got their hands on him, that'll be crazy. Oh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be dope. Too. Like, yeah, even though I'm still peed about this whole Super Bowl deal, you but, can join us. Yeah. We'll take you on the bandwagon, Ricardo. No, 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 no. I like them. You know, Kansas, they good. Cool, Kansas City has a bandwagon. We keep going, Ricardo. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah, yeah. but uh, but yeah. Uh, let me see. Uh, ain't Dancer in there too? Um, yep. I think I think I think he he he, he probably sleep out of everybody. Honestly, ah, uh, for sure. That's the sleep out of everybody because I think that that fella gonna be better than people give him credit for. Um, because he he kind of remind me of Slate. Nah, nah, man, boy, you took it right out of my mouth. I wouldn't say that. He reminded me of Slay, like, because a uh, lot of people was on, and I know my boy, he listens 
he gonna get me, man. But I, I always thought that Derrick Slay was a better I, corner than Jonathan Baines, man. Uh, of course. Baines, my he guy. was just a, it's more but, his athleticism uh, transferred to the league. Man, I, I can't I, understand I, you, bro. Yeah, I he was tall. Yeah, Ricardo. he was tall. That. Yeah, but huh? I caught you, T. Ricardo. <laughs> yeah. We, we but, don't know what you just yeah. said. We we don't know. All right, oh, so let, let, let me go to one of the other guys real quick to you get in a better reception area. Right. So, so, okay. so, so right. Derek. He, he on auto-tune. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> well, okay. Well, um, of course, y'all know I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Y'all know I did my mock draft. I picked Willie Gay in the first round for my Chiefs. Got back around, picked. Uh, I picked um, Cam in the second round, so I was happy. I would love to see that happen, but I don't. I think Willie Gay um, is a is a boy. He's the bona fide second round pick. And when you look at Cam Downs, who had a disappointing forty time in the, at the uh, combine, I think like a four six forty. Um, he ran it again at four three, so he improved uh, by leaps and bounds. So that's going to you know boost his draft stock as well. Now, Tyree Phillips is a very versatile offensive lineman. He can play guard. He can play center. He can play tackle. I mean, I want to be greedy. We, we can take out the Bulldogs in Kansas City. We need an offensive lineman. We need them all. But I think um, Chauncey Rivers, um, Chauncey may end up being a free agent signing. Um, who, who am I forgetting? We have two other guys. I'm trying to think. Oh, Darryl Darryl Williams. Darrell Williams. Um, you know, they were talking about for last year, Darrell Williams could have been almost a first-round draft pick, uh, but injuries have hurt his draft stock. Uh, but I definitely think all these guys have a chance to get drafted or help a team. Now, when you look at the undrafted free agents, of course, our quarterback, Tommy Stevens, um, some people feel he may get drafted simply because oh, they God. look at him as – What's that quarterback in New Orleans? Tatum. Taysom Hill. He actually has a live arm, though. Taysom Hill. Um, you know, he. I mean, the man ran a four four forty. So I mean, he he has that athleticism. And then you look at uh, Landrews and Cole as safeties. Uh, they could help a squad on special teams. Um, but I really want to see who gets Cam, Tyree, and Willie Gay. Those are our highest rated um, prospects. If Willie Gay does not get suspended um, for those four games and plays the whole season, oh, he's a bona fide first-round draft pick because look at his combine. He's right behind Isaiah, uh, the guy, linebacker out of Clemson, you know, in all the drills. Well, I, I think the thing that made Willie Gay such a good player is that I, I remember a term a couple years ago uh, Mark Surrett had. He said that he's a football-playing Jesse. Well, Willie Gay just a football player. Like I was looking at his highlight, Willie Gay can play some football. Like that's there's no other way. There's no other way to put it. He can play some yeah. football. Did you watch him play in high school? You seeing his his highlights in high school? I know watching it. Too I mean, much you realize on. he put that offense on his back. I, I, I think the thing you should look at it. He, I don't think he's. I don't watch him in the field and think he's like a true high high IQ guy. There's no disrespect to him, anything like that. I'm not saying he don't have that. When I watch him, he's highly instinctual um, in pass coverage. He knows. The right thing to do. He's a great pass rusher. It's very rare to see a, 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 a linebacker that can be great in pass coverage and is great at pass rushing. He can play. He's pretty sound in the running game. He's aggressive. He's actually got to be a great special teams player that first year. Can run at the physicality, the size, everything. He's really, in my opinion, a top ten talent. 
but obviously off the field concerns. So if you were to draft him in the second round, you're getting a top 10 talent in the second round. So I, I can see a lot of teams. I wouldn't be shocked if he's drafted in the first round in some ways mm-hmm. because he's a guy that's a steal or in the high. If somebody, yeah, if a team is smart enough just to look at film and knows how to evaluate real talent, he mm-hmm. will go in the first round. There's no way. Like, he's a first-round talent. That's not saying that because I like Mississippi State or anything like that, but I'm just evaluating just what weaknesses, true weaknesses do he have. Like, I don't think he's a high IQ guy. Like I said, in that way, when you watch him play, if I was watching tape, I wouldn't say, hey, he's a guy I'm watching. He, like, knows the game. You never hear him talk about it in that way. He's but still raw, too. Yeah, he's still – I mean, he really hadn't played that much. He only started a couple games at the college level. But if you give him a really good middle linebacker and somebody that kind of can mentor him – Maybe Bernard McKinney. Maybe put him on a team with one of his former teammates like Jeffrey Simmons. I don't know. But, you know, put him on a team like that with a guy that's going to kind of keep him, you know, in check. Here's a team I think he's perfect for with their move to Las Vegas, the Raiders. He, no! He, he is a classic <laughs> Raider. No, he is, no, no, he's a no, classic no. Raider. Yeah, because he's going to get thrown out of at least one game. He's a Raider. You want a team he him and Abrams up? No, like, but you got to think about it. that's what everybody said about Abrams last year. They're Raiders. That's he's the perfect Raider. That's yeah. he's either a if Raider Al or Davis was still alive, Al Davis would draft him in the first round. Al yeah, Davis would problem. draft him in the first round. Could you imagine yeah, I, him and Jonathan Abrams being on the same team again? But it just I don't be my worst have to imagine it because that's going against my Chiefs' offense. No. It's in the back of my mind. It would be my worst nightmare of Willie Gay turning to Vontez Murphy. Mm. I <laughs> praying to the football gods. Because he, he, the boy has a volatile attitude. He, oh, he, for sure. He, he, he heats up and it's on. It's on. When he get crunk, get out the way. So, I guess, well, and it's kind of speaking to some of the rest of the guys, or mainly like Cam Dantzler. Cam Dantzler, even though he ran 4-3, he don't play 4-3. Not in a negative sense, like he can't play but he doesn't play 4-3. I never watched him on the film like, man, that dude can run. Um, he's not like that type of guy, but he's the prototype. He's Jonathan Banks light, but yeah. faster. He has the hips. Like, Banks didn't have the hips or the feet. It's a lot of – it wasn't just his raw speed. It was, like, other stuff, too. Like, Cam has all of that. Like, nobody threw to his side. Cam is your prototype new age corner. 6-2, lean, right. and run. Absolutely. He's a guy – he is a second-round pick, at least second round. Like I said – he would be first round if people felt he played for three, but can't because you got to think if he was really that fast, why doesn't he return kicks? Why doesn't he return punts? Why doesn't he do those things? I don't want to get hurt. Um, but I'm saying most time no. guys, most time guys that are those type of athletes, they normally return kicks and punts and stuff. He's not that caliber athlete, and really Slay should have did it at state, but that's a whole different story. Um, Slay didn't have to return sp- kicks and punts. Look at him now. It's yeah. a certain athleticism. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, Bradley mm. Roby. Mm. Those are the guys that I see Cam Dantzler is almost the same guy. Super fast, about 6'2", just mm. athletic. All, all they want you to do in the NFL is keep up with the receiver and knock the ball away. You don't see uh, – uh, who were we just talking about that went to Tampa Bay? Um, he was a cover corner. In college, he could, you know, lock down most college-level oh, Jonathan Banks. But in the league – you got thoroughbreds running past you, son. You don't have time to cover. You just better be able to stay in the way long enough and be tall and have arms to knock the ball away. Because some I mean, of these guys, man, you can't cover them. You well, just got to I mean, be able to just defend them enough to 
make the quarterback think they covered or I think Banks knocked the ball away. I think Banks' biggest issue is that he really was a safety, but he yeah, didn't I, have the frame. He, he didn't have the frame. Words to out of my mouth. He, he didn't have the frame to buck up because he was a smart kid, played smart, but he just wasn't big enough. Like if you look at his frame, he had tiny legs, just a natural small frame. He was never going to get any bigger than one ninety, and he didn't really hit nobody like that. So I think. He just kind of got caught in between. You know, he he was a victim of his frame. I hate to put it that way. He wasn't a fast, slow guy, but he wasn't fast either. And in the league, you 6'2", you're not oh, that big as a 6'2 corner. You're not going to be impressed at physicality like a Richard Sermon. So he ended up – he, he he just didn't pan out. He was a tweener. It's just it's sad, but I don't think that's going to be Cam Dancer's fate. I think he does have the hips, the feet, and all those things to be able to make it at the next level. I think the sleeper name – out of our undrafted guys will probably be Brian Cole. Brian Cole, he's a guy that probably should have got drafted. I think we messed him up. He don't have that body of work. But he was killing in his junior year. He had a great he, he was on he was ready to probably go pro after that year, I felt. And I think he's a guy, I think he can cover reasonably well. He's probably he's a classic rover. That's what he is at the NFL level. A nickel guy or a classic rover, a guy you let just kind of move around. And I think if a team can find a way to use him in that way, I don't think he's just going to be a special teams guy. I can see him getting out there in the camp, in a camp. Like, J.C. Gray is able to make a team. I think Brian Cole is a better player than him, at least more having the ability to be on the field, not just special teams. So I think he's a guy. So I can see us having several guys that make a roster. Steven Gidry, if you can get him to get focused, the tools are there. Tommy Stevens, I think he'll – He's a can of He'll <laughs> – Tight end. What's tight? Oh yeah, Farad Green. I like him. No, he's yeah. talking about Thomas Stevens, a tight end. Thomas oh. Stevens gonna be a tight end. Yeah, I don't think I don't, I don't think he's physical enough. I think he'll be like Taysom Hill. He's a third. He's a third quarterback. I think he's a classic third quarterback camp guy, yeah. or like a guy that's a scout team quarterback because he has a another fish gear. Mm, no, because no. he throws the ball. He throws the ball better. This is just bad all around. Stevens <laughs> is gonna Stevens is gonna sit on somebody's bench. For twelve years and make about thirty million dollars. Hey, everybody, talk about that. What, what's the kid? I will Missouri? take that. What's the, what's the kid from Missouri? Uh, from a couple. No, 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 no. I'm talking about just like longer than that. Uh, oh, the, I know who you talking about. The backup to Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, uh, Blaine Gabbert. Not Blaine Gabbert. No, 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 no. The other one, the one, uh, the little shorter quarterback. You. Chase, Chase Daniel? Chase Daniel. He's been in the league 10 years. You don't even know it. Like, he don't Never start. He don't do nothing. He just sit in there, hold a clipboard, participate in quarterback yep. meetings. Maybe million to 20, a year. 20, 30 million. Keep oh, about it from having I'm so a job. bored. <laughs> I'm bored. What have I made so far? 22 million? Oh, All right, I'm good. And I ain't had to ain't, take not one sack. I ain't got to worry about Skip talking about me on Monday. I ain't got to worry about nothing. All I got to worry about is Calvin keep getting them checks, as Jalen Rose likes to say. <laughs> so I got to worry back in front of me. Don't get hurt. Now, but the thing about Stevens, I mean, a lot of people keep trying to discount. He does have a live arm. Now, I think his his ability to stay healthy and some – I don't think it's a decision-making thing. He ain't got that type of thing going on. He has the talent. So, he's a guy for two to three years, you can use him as a utility guy. Then what if, you know, he develops and becomes a quarterback that you can use? You got preseason – you got all those things, then what if to say the XFL was to come back if he don't pan out? He could be a guy that could be in that league for two years or something like that. But I don't even know if the XFL will come back now that they filed for bankruptcy and all that good stuff. But anyway, I, I think we have a really solid group, and it looks good on us that we have all those guys getting drafted. I wish we had some first-rounders like last year, but that looks good. And Leach can build off of that, kind of going back to the Lane Kiffin Leach thing. He has some talents that he can say, hey, we got these guys drafted. So I think that's really a good look. Now – 
for what everybody came for for this episode. Let's do it. So, Derek, if you can queue up that document, we want to talk about our all-time top three versus each other. Although Jamont Gordon thought that we should have put Charles Rose on this list, even though I disagree. But anyway. I agree. I'm coming with it. Give me a second. Hurry up. All right, can y'all see it? Oh, so we're going to go team by team. Okay. Yeah. All right, so yeah. who, so who's going to volunteer to go for more – going to be on Moultrie, Malone, Johnson versus Bullard, Perry, and Woodard? Bullard, Perry. Ooh, man, I'm taking that Jeff Malone team. Well, Jeff let's Malone wait, let's by... wait, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. <laughs> Jeff Malone with tough, man. Let's, let's wait, man. Let's, let's hold them arguments, man. Let's hold them arguments. Where you at, Derek? Okay. All right. So, I guess while Derek is uh, getting some things together, so we'll put on the opposing side of the argument. So, it don't matter if any of us believe in one side or the other, but it, it does help. So, Gabe, I'll let you take that that uh, left side with Moultrie, Malone, and Johnson. And let's say I'll take the Bullet, Perry, Woodard team and why they will win. All right, so, Gabe, give me your perspective – not your perspective, your reasons why the Moultrie, Malone, and Johnson team will win. Because as a little kid, I went to see Jeff Malone play. He's probably the second or third, arguably the second, best player we've ever had at Mississippi State. And he would just shoot them cats out of the gym. Jeff Malone had no range. And that was before there was a three-point line. He had no range. He would pull up from anywhere. Pull up from fast. 30, as Stephen A. Smith would like to say. If you go right. On. And the other two cats would just get his rebounds. That's all you would need. You couldn't stop him because cross half court, he's, he's in range. Jeff would shoot you out of that. This other <laughs> team, man, Bull can't score. And that's my frat brother. I love him to death. He he wouldn't be a match for Jeff Malone and and Perry. I just I just don't see the I don't see any punch on this team. I don't see any punch. <laughs> I, I, not to be double. I was I'm on the opposing side. I don't remember Bullet as much. Wasn't he through like the I guess the the net final, the final fourteen? The final fourteen. Yeah. yeah he, was on, he was a point guard. He was a starting point guard. And I thought it was there. I thought it was there. Wilson. Uh, Wilson was the two guard. Wilson was the two guard. Yeah. Oh, Bullock can shoot that three now. So, but I look at this. So, Bullock's your ball handler. You got Reggie Perry, and you got to go back to mental toughness and different things. I, I would personally take Reggie Perry or Arnett Moultrie. Um, Moultrie didn't pan out in the league. You know, he was pretty good at Mississippi State for that one year. Um, but I'll take Reggie Perry. I think Reggie Perry is a much better player. Obviously, Woodard's a much better player. Uh, is a pretty good player. I think he's better than Rayburn Johnson. But I think the thing that turns the tide there, for one, the college game was a guard-oriented game. And you got to look. You're looking between – then you break it down to Bullard and then an all-time great in Jeff Malone. So, you, it's not really all about who's on the team. I, I would take the two bigs because Woodard is actually a perfect college player. But I think you would have to take um, Jeff Malone over a Marcus Bullard. So, even though I'm going for the Bullard team as far as who I'm advocating for, 
it's hard for me. I would have to agree with Gabe. I, I think I would take the team led by Jeff Malone. Well, oh, man, I'm going to roll with a Moultrie, Malone, and Johnson. Because, yeah, Moultrie was a, was a, a power forward. He could hurt you with his in, on the inside and, on the, and the outside. You know, he could also take you out the dribble. Reverend Johnson is one of my favorite three-point shooters in Mississippi State history. And Jeff Malone, even though I never got a chance to see him play as a Bulldog, the man is one of the best players in Mississippi State history. I saw him play in the NBA. So um, that's one reason why I'm taking it. Now, this young squad here led by a Wiley veteran and Bullard, I mean, hey, um, Perry and Woodard are going are gonna to try to run and try to use their physicality to butter this team. But I just don't, I just feel like that, you know, with Malone shooting and Johnson shooting and Moultrie cleaning up the boards, I think it's just going to be too much. So I'm rolling with Jeff Malone. Squad. Okay. Ricardo. I don't know where Jeremiah went, but, uh, I didn't get a chance to see the other ones. Are those the only two that we had to but pick these from? These are the only two we're doing right now. This is the first, oh, okay. first okay, matchup okay, for okay. the first round. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, out of both of those, man, that was a, those were the two pretty interesting uh, brackets, man. But I'm probably had to roll with uh, the one that uh, Jeff Malone on. <clears throat> okay. uh, with that being said, I – that's that, that that's that's a tough crew, for one and uh, for two, he's probably the best NBA player to come out of state. You know, what I'm saying they play in the NBA. You know, what I'm saying like I want to know who's the best player to come state before him. That's another argument for Bailey Howell is, is gonna get. Yeah. Bailey Howell's in the Hall of Fame. You know, he won like thirty five rings with the Celtics. You'll be hard-pressed <laughs> to out-argue Bailey Howell. Yeah. I, got, I got fussed at for leaving off Brown and Peck. So, uh, I don't know who that is. My, my, well, they're, they're former first-round draft picks uh, of Mississippi State. You know, so I, I, I got yeah. my tongue lashing plus some uh, older Bulldogs that knew this history where I didn't. So uh, mm -hmm. I did see them on the list of first-round draft picks. But since I didn't know them, and I knew Bailey Howell because, you know, the, the trophy's named after him. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, so that's so why they, I added him. So Are these like pre-integration players? Pretty Bailey much. Howell was. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. And not like pretty much. But these, these guys are from the 80s. But we had some other ones in the 60s that, you know, went to the league. But I, I didn't know anything about them, so I, I didn't add them. Let's so, look. What about the post – a uh, post uh, after we could vote uh, team. <laughs> so, so who? So are we all in agreement? Moch Malone and Johnson. Yeah, oh, yeah most definitely. Yeah. Cause Johnson. Oh my God! Like I, I don't understand how he didn't have a have a the career in the league good as he was. That was probably like, like the best three point shooter. Do shoot. That's all he could do. Streaky too. Like, oh yeah, man, I remember that one game. Who they played against? That man went off against. Uh, I don't know. Um, I forget. Right. I'm old. Next matchup. Next matchup. Are we ready for the next team? Yes. 
All right, so we got uh, Mario Austin, Quindary Witherspoon, Timmy Bowers against Lawrence Roberts, Eric Dampier, and Tang Hamilton. Man, oh, that's amazing. I'm not going to try to pronounce Tang's. I'm not going to try to pronounce Tang's whole name. I used to screw it up when I was a little kid because this guy is a legend in my hometown. I mean, everyone knows. I mean who Tang Hamilton is. You know, <coughs> right. Tang from Wayne County? No. Where Tang Hamilton from? Jackson, Mississippi. He's a little near Bulldog. Oh, Jackson. Damn, show me. He, what, he went to Provine or something? No. Ricardo, I'm about to mute you. Hey, he went hey. to Lanier, bro. Okay. I knew one was school. I forget. Mm, yeah. 833. Oh, now you want to holler 833. All right, so Jeremiah, take it away. All right, man. So I guess I get started on my opinion first on this. I would honestly, I know people are gonna look like, oh, it's mismatch. So I think people looking on the right side and gonna look at the names: Roberts, them Pierre, Hamilton. You know, Tang. I remember him even when I was in high school. I come to see some of my games, and, you know, watch him play. But if I'm looking at the squads and which team is better built to win. I had to go with the Bowers, Weatherspoon, Austin team. Austin could play auto. I think Robert Jackson was better. Um, Quindary Weatherspoon was a really good, solid four-year starter. And then you got Timmy Bowers. He could ball. I would take that team. They got better ball handlers. They got better all-around players. Especially if it's a three-on-three, I definitely think they would win. Because I, I don't think the team on the right with Roberts, Dampier, and Hamilton, they don't have any ball handlers. Who going to handle the rock? I ain't going to handle it now. Yeah, he could. He was six eight, but he he could handle the ball. That's why you know that's kind of why I put them together, you know, because you know you, you had to do that a little new. And here's yeah. the thing too, even in a game like that, you think a guy like a Dev Hero pretty much get neutralized because he's a rim protector, but at the same time, none of those guys really are slashers. All them guys are shooters. I mean, Quindary could do that a little bit, but those guys can score most to the way. So it's not like he's having guys that are like slashers. Because if Jamont was kind of like that, like if it was Jamont versus Dampier team, that would be different. But in, in this sense, these are guys that can shoot the ball and can score in a multitude of ways. So I, I would, I personally would go with the Bowers, Weatherspoon, Austin squad. All right. Ricardo? Uh, Jeremiah just brought up a name that I feel like should have been on that list. I feel like Jamon you know Gordon, Gordon is on the list, but let's focus on this matchup okay. right here. All right, all right. I left I'm Charles Rose off. I'm sorry. I left Horatio Webster off. Is this bias, I'm sorry. Let's just go. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to go with the uh, with the Timmy Bowers list too, man. I think I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with uh, Jeremiah. You got to have some ball handlers. You got to have some people to create their own shot. All of that for you know, saying uh, he's created opportunity for other people. Yeah, those other guys, they're long and all of that. But like Mario Austin wasn't the slouch. Uh, Timmy Bowles wasn't the slouch either. And um, <clears throat> Q speaks for itself. Like he, he got to go down as like top three, four. You know, saying they'll come through state. Two guards, sure. And so you know, what I'm saying with that team, I feel like that team is gonna be gonna win with a shoe in. My personal opinion, because like you got all those ball handlers, it's like pick your poison. You know, what I'm saying Timmy Bowles hit one, and like I'll never forget this watching on Jefferson Pilot Sports. 
when I was in high school, I wanted was that was that no, I was out of school when they beat Alabama at the book. Like I, I, yeah, I was in college then, so I, I'm pretty sure you were out of school. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I was out of school. Yeah, I remember that watching that on like either was Saturday or Sunday. And you got to—I know y'all remember this. Alabama smashed us in, in Starville because I went to that game. They beat the hell, hell out of Mississippi State in, in Starville, but we came back and beat them in Tuscaloosa. Uh, he hit the, uh, that game-winning shot because I want to say he hit a couple free throws too. So, I, yeah, he's going to always be there. Like, I always put him over D-Buzz, in my opinion. I felt like he was better than D. I felt like he was better than Derrick Zimmerman. Like, that that was that uh, he was that dude. Timmy Bow was that dude for me. All right. Well, I'm going to roll with Lawrence Roberts, Dampier, and Tang. Simply because Tang, while, while he is not a true point guard, he can handle the rock and he can shoot it. Yeah, Dampier... I understand, you know, when you're playing against a team like this where, you know, all these three guys could shoot. But eventually, Dan Pierce going to hit his ability to protect the rim and just be a dominant post player is going to come into play. And Lawrence Roberts, I mean, he could take it to the hoop and he could stay, take it out. So, and he used to I let mean, me in when I came late to class, so I always give him points for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you know, so I'm going to roll with Roberts, Dan Pierce, and Hamilton. Gabe, who you got? So right now it's two votes for Austin <clears throat> Q's team and one vote for Dampier's team. Who you rolling with? So I'm sitting here evaluating this in my head. You got one team of pretty much all bigs versus another team with pretty much no bigs. It's like undersized one Austin's a big. Yeah. Unders- undersized a little bit though. I mean, you know. Tang Hamilton six eight, he can neutralize him. But I, you know, Timmy Bow, I love Timmy Bowers' game when he was at state. He was tough and gritty, and Bowers would take it to you. Uh, but I mean, you can't take it to the paint when you got Dampier and Roberts in there. So <laughs> this is kind of a tough little matchup right here because because of the differences in styles. <laughs> Ooh we um what I, I might have Carter, to go will ahead. you mute your phone when you sipping on that darn drink? <laughs> Good grief. I think I forgot. Let me see, man. Ooh, that's a that's a tough call for me right there. Because if you uh, Roberts Dampier and Hamilton, Arthur gonna have to be the tiebreaker. Well Robert's we might give it to the fans. So you got a true power forward, true center, and a and a what is it? Any? I like <laughs> that idea, Jeremiah. You know what? I I think I'm a I ooh. It's the <laughs> offense. It's the offense that's throwing me because if if one of these guys is shooting streaky, then they're gonna lose on the Austin team because you got nothing on the inside. But on the other hand, this other team is all paint. I think I had to go with Dan Pierre team. Oh man, we got a tiebreaker now. <laughs> two for two, it, so that we yeah, don't if, have to if you, this. Yeah, because if you let Tang run the run the point and he's just dumping it in to Robertson down, you can't stop him. They just gonna bucket, bucket, bucket. Then you gonna come back down and Bowers gonna break you down, or you know Austin or Q gonna shoot you, gonna shoot you, gonna shoot points from the outside. So I think I had to go with the damp team overall. 
right, so we got our first tiebreaker, and we're going to post this, and hopefully the polls are back up so that fans can vote. So now to slide three. All right, the, the team, one of the teams I got fussed at about, uh, <laughs> Derek Zimmerman, Jamon Gordon, and Eric Holman. You know, uh, a lot. somebody said that I should have subbed Holman for Charles Rhodes, but he decided to roll with his team intact. Versus Renato Sidney, the great Bailey Howell, and Barry Stewart. Jeremiah, who you rolling with? This is my team that's a sleeper. I know a lot of people are probably going to dismiss the team because people have just such hate in their heart for Renato Sidney. But I think that that Howell, Sidney, and Stewart team would wash the Zimmerman Gordon and Holman team. I don't even think it would be close. They would dominate them. Like, when you look at Renardo Sidney at his best, he, he still was a supreme talent, even though his real problem, he gained all that weight and obviously had some of the other issues. But when you look at him as a basketball talent, he was, he was pretty special. He could pass the ball. He still could shoot. He could dominate in, inside. You see him dunking there. He was a 300-pound guy grabbing the alleys. Then you throw in Bailey Hall, who some might consider the GOAT of Mississippi State basketball. And Barry Stewart could shoot any handle the rock, not like a proficient ball handler where, you know, he was your point guard and that type of guy. But he could shoot. And so when you compare – and the Jermont wasn't really a true two. I mean, true one, he's more of a three guard. And then he was just really our best player at that time. And then you got Zim, who was good. Eric Holman, yeah. So, I, I like I said, I would pick the Zimmerman, the uh, Barry Stewart, Howe, and Sydney team. They, they were my sleeper in this tournament. All right, Gabe. Okay, this, this is the scenario of what happens in this game, Okay. By the way, Zimmerman is also one of my all-time favorites. But this is what's happening. This game is going well. The Bailey Howell team is winning by a little bit. And then a, an official from the um, NCAA comes on the court with grades in his hand. And he says, Renato, Sidney, you are uh, ineligible to play. Sidney punches the dude. Security comes in, has to clear the court. So the Zimmerman team wins by default because Renato Sidney got his team. <laughs> Disqualified for being a <laughs> damn fool. <laughs> that's how. Being that this is fantasy, that is really a fantasy. But that was that was funny. Um, Ricardo, who are you rolling with? Uh, man, I brought this in the team, man, because as good and talented he as he was, he was a wild card. And I know I don't I can't really speak for you guys, but I, I remember the day I said that home. I just can't get that him and that Elgin Bailey fight out of my out of my head, man. Like I, I'm I my basketball that. though. Yeah, like I, I just really couldn't get that out of my head. So not taking away from his talents, even though like he, I don't want to go to the extent of calling him a counsel, man. But I, I just feel like a lot of things could have been avoided. So I'm gonna go mm -hmm. with the dude. But it's not we gotta think, man, it's not a referendum on what guys did off the court. We're talking about just them getting three on three going out there and balling out. You know what I'm saying? We gotta be fair to the guy. Let's make it about basketball. So if it's about basketball, he was a prodigious talent. Yeah, yeah, he was there. Even though he didn't reach his full potential at state. And but, uh, but you know what I'm saying? I, I might have go with like Zimmerman. I can't if we going based off of what these people did at Mississippi State, I'm going with the Zimmerman team. All right, so comes down to me. If I vote Zimmerman, Gordon, and Holman, Sydney, Howell, and Stewart go home. 
Now, uh, when you look at this team with Jamont and Zimmerman and Holman, basically you have a point guard in Zimmerman, a, I guess you can say a, a uh, combo guard in Gordon, and a stretch 3-4 in Holman. And I think Gordon's going to get upset with Holman because he really wanted Rose on his squad. So I'm going to roll with Sidney Howell and Stewart because I think Bailey is going to be able to get Ronaldo under control. And Barry Stewart is one of the most clutch players we've had at Mississippi State. So we have another tiebreaker um, where the fans are going to have to decide. You know, so I'm rolling with Ronaldo. Bailey and Barry. All right. All right. So for the last team for the night, we got SWAT, you know, Carter. Ooh. D. We got versus D Boss and Dante Jones and Tyrone Washington. Ooh, this is a good matchup. Ricardo, you go first. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. Hmm. Run that run, run that first team you 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 read off. SWAT. Uh Tyson Carter's Jarvis Vernon. Bro, how oh. are you gonna be a Mississippi State Bulldog fan? And you don't know who SWAT is. Man, I just, hey, you know. What kind of, what like, you no, 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 like no no you like aren't allowed to be a Mississippi State fan, you don't know who SWAT is. Like oh I'm my sorry. god. <laughs> I I, it, it slipped my mind, man. Like, I, all I know about his name, I didn't know, they, you know what I'm saying? All I know of Ronaldo, that's all I remember him about. He was known for swatting. Oh, yeah, for blocks. Yeah. Basketball. Basketball. Yeah, I know. Okay, so we got Jarvis Ronaldo, mm-hmm. Tyson Carter's dad, mm-hmm. and Darrell Wilson versus mm-hmm. D-Boss, Dante Jones, and Tyrone Washington. Woo! It really should be more like Greg Carter's son, but whatever. Let's yeah, keep it. Well, Greg, Greg Carter. You know. <laughs> Fact, but you know. Yeah. Oh All right, Ricardo, goodness. come on. Goodness I'm gracious. Top, top. Uh, I'm going to go with the second team, man. What? What? Why? <laughs> Why? Dante, bro. Dante was the truth, man. He, he, he he was one of the main cogs of that Final Four team, bro. Like he had some big games, man. Like if the state would have won that championship, he would have got most most important player. Like he I watched that whole player. from the SEC tournament to like, come on, man. Like we 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 really underappreciate that guy, man. Like I I don't I don't understand why. Like yeah, Dan Pierson was on that team, Darrell Wilson, and all them. Like they had a damn good squad, but. Dante Jones with that dude, like he he was like a walking mismatch, man. He could take he could take you in or out. Like that was the first dude I seen to play for state that did that. Like they had that kind of I'm not saying that he's like him, but had a quote unquote kind of Kevin Garnett game. Like he was a great value, Kevin Garnett. Like a diet Kevin Garnett. Like that's the first dude I saw. Like, man, this dude, he taking the in and out. He was a mismatch for people. Like, and then he beat a <laughs> damn he was one of the main reasons they beat that Kentucky team. Like he showed him be Kobe in them pre-draft workouts, but whatever. <laughs> One vote for Boss, Jones, and Washington. Gabe, you're up next. I'm looking at this. And, and first of all, I don't know a whole lot about Washington. 
I really don't. Is he was he a three or four or what? Tyron Washington. Uh, yeah. he was a, he was a, a four five. That's okay. So five, I'm going with I'm going with the Carter team because I mean Jars I mean Bernardo was obviously you know a Spider Man in the middle throwing every shot in sight. Greg Carter was there when I was there. He was a great two guard, very very um, athletic skill with the ball in his hand. Of course, Darrell Wilson, you know, shoot the shoot the lights out of the place. But he also played gritty defense, very very scrappy. D. Boss can straight up ball. D. Boss can hoop, and we all know Jones. You know, I used to call him uh, Vinny Johnson. Because he was streaky, but when he got hot, forget about it. Forget about it. And like I said, I don't know a whole lot about Washington. But but overall, I think this Carter team, man, would be real hard to beat on offense and on defense combined. Because all these guys play defense. All three of them play defense. And all three of them could – well, I mean, you know, Bernardo wasn't an offensive genius. But he get it in the bucket. Yeah. So I'm going with the Carter team on this one. All right. I'm going to go next. Um, this is easy for me. Because you know what? Daryl Wilson was good at making the ball go in the net. And Jarvis Brunner, though, was good at keeping the ball off the net. And Greg Carter was just an all-around great player. While I like D-Boss, I'm a definitely a big fan of, of, of Dante Jones and the underrated Tyron Washington. I, I just don't think that they're going to be able to do anything with Ronald Carter and Wilson. All right, so we got two votes for Ronald Carter and Wilson, one vote for Boss, Jones, and Washington. Will we have our third tiebreaker? That's going to be up to you, Jeremiah. Oh, man. I got to go with Wilson Carter and Bernardo. I just like how that team is built one. <clears throat> but I think if you just look at the overall matchup between those guys, and I think this is a team that's going to cause, cause a lot of problems for a lot of teams with the way they're constructed. But you look at that, as you said, Darrell Wilson could put the ball in the hole from, hole from three. They got a three-point shooter. Greg Carter was an all-around player. And I think Bernardo in this particular matchup is the, the equalizer because he pretty much neutralizes every player on the other team. Jones is a slasher. D-Boss was a slasher. Those guys just aren't as effective. They can't slash and do things. So, Bernardo's pretty much going to – I mean, obviously, D-Boss played with Jarvis Bernardo, but he would erase everything they did. So, I think this is a game – I don't think it'll be a blowout, blowout, but I think they will win it going away. All right. So, um, we have our winner for this bracket. Bernardo, uh, Carden, Wilson will move forward. Um, tonight I will try and post, or I may even do it in the morning, post the poll for that still, for those other two teams. Ah. Austin, Weatherspoon and Bowers versus Robert Stampier and Hamilton. And team three, Zimmerman, Gordon, and Holman versus Sydney. Howell and Stewart. We all agreed that Mochi, Malone, and Johnson would take out Bullet, Perry, and Woodard. So, fans, you're going to have to help us with those Team 2 and Team 3 matchups. Jeremiah? 
Yes. Take it away. Oh, okay. Oh, go back to the regular screen. It was just throwing me off. My bad. My bad. Oh, uh, no, you all good. Um, all right. So, man, um, I guess give everybody their final thoughts. Maybe what's about the draft, anything going on in the world, whether or not they're ready to be an essential worker or not, anything of that nature. <laughs> so, uh, I'll start with Gabe, man. Uh, you got any final mm. thoughts for the governor? Hey, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> like I said, I put the governor words in black and white. But you know, man, in this time, I you know, and it's 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 on everybody's mind. But you got to say it again. Just want everybody to stay safe out there. Just stay safe. Do what you got to do. Keep yourself safe and your family safe. Um, just wash your hands. <laughs> uh, if, if, right, wash your hands. Everything. <laughs> things, things that we know it have have changed forever. Things that we know have changed forever. For some reason, women's basketball keeps coming into my mind because I hate the way that season ended. Um, Vic don't love us no more. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, going to now. Yeah, we're going to be good. This we, we have to do – we need to do a whole show on the women's team. We need to do a whole show on that from Nick and McCray we have. who we you got. out. The only 30 people oh, going to watch, though. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, Ricardo, yeah. Ricardo, final thoughts. Shame on you. Shame on you, Jeremiah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, well, I just hope, just want everybody to try to be safe. Um, I can't really go into the whole dynamics of what I feel like about when it comes to all this uh, but why is the virus stuff, man? You just do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, because this is not the pro- platform for, for me to speak on that, those subjects. But it, it is, like, honestly, it's people out here losing their lives, a lot of people. Um, just wash your hands, bathe, uh, wear gloves, don't keep using the same gloves. <laughs> and if you go to the first store and gas station, you see these people doing it with these gloves and stuff, make them folk chain their gloves, man. As you know what I'm saying? That's what I got said. And that I'm a quote-unquote essential employee because I'm top flight security of the world, Creed. So, <laughs> but you ain't got your going got trail on tonight. Yeah, man. Huh? You ain't got your going got trail on tonight. Yeah, man. So, yeah, just I just I, I, I support everybody out there, all the people out here just working out here and then, plus the people that are at home, you know, even the teachers and uh, call center workers and everybody that can't you know, finish school this year because there's some people that's not even getting paid. So those are people mm-hmm. that I, I really, you know, saying feel bad. For. All right. Well, um, I work in healthcare IT, so I'm essential as well. And um, I just pray for the doctors and nurses that I know that I work with on a daily basis uh, that are battling on the front lines with this coronavirus, hoping that we can eventually find a way around well of course we're gonna be a wide way for a vaccine but there's hoping that you know uh, people are able to live their lives and not have to be gone too soon but when it comes to something like this it's just tough because man it's it's just praying for everybody even the rebels <laughs> all right and i i mean i want to just thank everybody for watching the episode um, just make sure you like, you subscribe, comment, really comment, give us your thoughts on everything, give us your feedback. You know, we don't mind a little hateration, man. Uh, no such thing as bad publicity. 
So uh, I just like the end. Maybe come with a different ending. Maybe with everybody saying hell state to end. I don't know if Derek gonna rejoin us. Maybe it'd be a good way to kind of end the episode like we did with the Senzo. Try something a little different. So y'all go just say hell state on three. And then we sign off. Three, two, one. Hell state. Hell state. All right. Everybody have a great night.